I'm Christopher Leiden. This is Open Source. It ain't over till it's over. That's Yogi Berra's ageless line in the title now of a summer hit movie just to prove Yogi was right about pretty much everything. He was the most valuable player in his New York Yankees uniform and a most beloved, most creative, most quotable source of American language and American wisdom. We got it firsthand in a radio studio with that dear man almost 25 years ago. I'm Christopher Leiden. This is The Connection. Yogi Berra is our guest, the man, the mouth, the baseball marvel. He's on tour with a book of his famous yogiisms. But let's remember that if Yogi Berra had never spoken a word, he would still be a Hall of Famer and then some. Yogi Berra was the New York Yankees catcher or outfielder on 10 World Series championship teams. He was three times the American League's most valuable player in the 1950s. He hit 358 home runs in 19 seasons, and he may have been the best bad ball hitter who ever played the game. He played in the good old days of Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Billy Martin, Whitey Ford, the man of the hour, Hank Bauer, Don Larson, Johnny Mize, Phil Rizzuto, and he played in the heyday of Yankee Stadium too before it started falling apart <laughs> as a player and then as a manager with the Yankees and the Mets and a hitting coach for the Houston Astros. Yogi Berra never stopped making his one-of-a-kind comments. Yogi Berra's collection of sayings is called The Yogi Book. I really didn't say everything I said, he says. Connection listeners, are you ready to admit that you were a Yankees fan all along? Did you watch Yogi Berra play? When you go to the game now, do you think it has the same spirit as in Yogi's days? It hasn't got the same salaries, thank goodness. Have you got a yogiism you'd like to offer him? 1-800-423-8255 or 1-800-423-TALK is the number to make the Yogi Berra connection this hour. Welcome to the connection, Yogi Berra, and thank you for making this day necessary. necessary. Thank as you, you once said. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Was that spontaneous? No, I did that in St. Louis. Uh, Bobby Brown, I asked him to write a speech for me because they gave me a car that day. And he said, you know, I, I want a one-liner, not a big one. Yet. He <laughs> said, all right, just say, I want to thank everybody for making this day possible. And uh, I got up there, I said, I want to thank for everybody for making this night necessary. <laughs> and I walked back to Bobby, and he said, you know what you said? I said, what you told me to say. No, you didn't. You said necessary instead of possible. You said another thing mm. very early on, and I read it probably in Sport Magazine, but I loved it, and I've said it to my kids ever since. Mm. That you, you broke in in 1947, mm. and you got a lot of razzing from the older players, a lot of teasing, but you said you discovered early on that they don't tease you if they don't like you. That's right. There's uh, a lot of wisdom in that. Uh, well, it is. You know, you know, the ugly boy said, and then I also said, boy, they used to tell me, you remember George Soucy over here when he was a coach over here? He started telling me I was, I was on the all ugly team. He said, "You made my ugly team." He said. And then we had a lot of fun on that. And uh, but if uh, guys don't get on you, that means they don't like you. you know, if they don't uh, stay away from you, it's bad. You like to talk with the other guys. I want to. I want to get through. Uh, I want to do. Uh, I want to hear the yogiisms. You get something extra if you coin one on connection time. Uh, <laughs> But I also want to. I want to talk baseball. I want to hear good. about those pitchers. I want to know mm -hmm. about Don Larson. I want to know who who is the best pitcher you ever caught. Well, we have uh, quite a few of them. You know, we have Whitey Ford, Vic Rashi, Reynolds, uh, 
Bob Turley, Lopat, uh, uh, Bob Grimm. If you had good. Ted Williams coming up in the last of the ninth mm. and he could do you real harm, who would you want to be pitching to him? I don't know if we want to pitch to him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't do it. You know, I used to tell Ted, you know, in Fenway, we used to pitch him in. We tried to pitch him in, let him hit it to right field. You know, at Yankee Stadium, we pitched away from him. If he wanted to walk, good. It's up to him. But I would have swung at them balls he takes. He had the best eye of anybody ever seen uh, for baseball. And uh, he was the best hitter. I thought he was the best hitter. Any man could hit 400, boy. He's got to be a hmm. good hitter. He says he could see the spin on the ball. I don't know. I never saw. I just followed the ball. You know, I always said to the when I was batting coach, if you see it, hit it. That's what it's there for. <laughs> <laughs> Not only he could see the spin on the ball, he remembers it to this I day, it. I think. I know it. He remembers every pitch that was thrown at him. Are you like that? No, I don't do that, no. I just go up and swing the bat, and uh, he does. He concentrated. Boy, if you sit down with Ted, all you have to say about talk about hitting, you never get the floor. He'll He'll hold that floor all day. He loves to talk about hitting. All right, the bases are loaded. You can't walk Ted Williams. Mm-hmm. It's time to go to the bullpen. You can have any Yankees pitcher you want of all time. Who do you want to pitch to Ted Williams? Whitey Ford. They have him pitch. Whitey's got different kind of curve balls. So he needs a left-handed hitter. But Whitey, I think, had a little success with uh, Ted. Hmm. I have a trivia question for you. In all the history of the Yankees, can you name the pitcher would say minimum 15, 15 games uh, of record. Who who among all the pitchers who ever pitched against the Yankees had the best won and lost record? Well, you had uh, Larry over Detroit. Had Frank a good Larry, Frank not Larry, him. And, uh, he gets at my time now? No, before your time. Oh, that I don't know then. <laughs> you got who's got the, this is a question for connection listeners. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the all-time best won and lost record Pitching against the New York Yankees. It's not Babe Ruth. Either. You got it. You got it. Pitching for the they Boston Red Sox. That, no. Who are the best Red Sox pitchers that you you hit well, against? You, well, you have Mel Pornell up here. Joe Dobson was up here. Tex Houston mm-hmm. was here. And don't forget, yeah, Radix wasn't too bad. Dick Radix was pretty good. <laughs> was Boo Ferris there in your time? Well, I caught him towards the end, you know, his career. I think he was just ending there when I come up. 47, 48, I think he pitched. Ellis Kinder? Kinder wasn't bad. I thought Kinder had the best changeup of any pitcher I ever faced. I'd like you to talk about Casey Stengel, partly because he was your manager, but also because uh, uh, before there was Yogi, there was Casey Stengel to sort of rewrite the language. Well, listen, uh, he didn't have to rewrite the language because if he wanted you to talk baseball, he'll talk baseball. If he didn't want you to understand, he'll do the double talking. <laughs> and, uh, he never, I never see him holler at a ball player or give him heck for anything, you know, not unless he made a bad play in the field or call you in the office. But he never knock a ball player. I never seen him do that. I've seen him do it up here in Boston. He said, boy, did Hank Barr have a good, a bad day today? And he'll change the subject. He'll say, gee, didn't Yogi have a heck of a day today? You know, he'll go to another guy. Mm-hmm. He won't uh, mention Hank Barr again, the writer. If he wants to talk double talk, he could uh, talk double talk. But if he want to talk legitimate baseball, he was good at it. Did you ever, did you learn double talk from him or not? No, I don't know how to double talk like him. No way. You know, at the hotels we stayed at, 
the bar was off limits to all the players. And uh, the only time you could go in there, if he calls you in the bar. And he called me in this one night, and we had a, few, a couple of drinks, and I said, gee, Case, I'm ready to go to bed. He said, I'll tell you when to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the hotel bar was, was off, off limits, limits, but every other bar must have been Well, for open. us, yeah, for us, not at the hotel. Can I just ask you, I mean, uh, the death of Mickey Mantle and, and his last years, uh, and Billy Martin's too, for that matter, put a kind of tragic uh, mm-hmm. cloud over that team in certain ways. Uh, did, it, did you feel it that way at the time? Mickey Mantle was such a such a wonderful athlete and such a troubled guy yeah. all at the same time. Well, I, you know, a lot of people said Mickey, you know, Mickey didn't touch a drink until he came up to the big leagues. He, he was a nice, sweet kid. And listen, Mickey couldn't have played all them games he played if he was uh, drinking like everybody says he was drinking. He did not drink that much when he was playing, maybe once in a while. But I think he got it after he was finished playing ball. He started to drink a lot because uh, he always thought his dad was going, uh, he was going to die at 39 because mm-hmm. his dad, you know, he had a couple in his family that died young. And uh, you heard him say before he passed away, if I knew uh, I lived this long, I would have taken care of myself better. Mm. And he was, he was, he just, didn't care uh, after he finished ball. He really didn't. He was in pain all that time. I know he was. And Doug, oh, I still miss him. He was a great guy, a good team man, a very good team man. Never said anything bad about a ball player. The only time I stole a base is when he was on second. He used to give me a sign. He's gone. Then I got a stolen base when he ran. Those <laughs> ball players get <clears throat> more interesting as time goes on. There's one. Jackie Robinson stole out. home. <laughs> hang out. on, hang on. In the 1955 World Series, he stole home on you, and the umpire called him safe. He, he was out. Let's yes, hear it. He was out. Explain. I thought I had him. I know Whitey Ford was the pitcher, and uh, he stole home. They called him safe. Bill Summers. Uh, I think he's from Boston, too. Bill Summers was from Boston. And that, uh, that's the most I ever argued with an umpire is when I was catching <laughs> do you look at the tapes over and over again? Oh, a lot yeah, of people I, do. Well, you do. I do. I even got the picture up uh, hanging up in my kitchen. We sliding, and I got the ball there. He was out. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the fork, take it. How did that happen? Where does this stuff come from? I get the sense uh-huh. reading your book that uh, your kids, your wife, your yeah, friends, yeah. everybody's sort of on yogi yeah, patrol well, all the time well, waiting oh, for you yeah, to drop something. For me. That's right. Yeah, we could have dinner. At home, uh, Chris, uh, and all of a sudden, one of the kids will holler, Dad, you said another one. And I don't even know I say them. Like that one you're talking about, take the fork in the road. Well, I live on a street called Highland Avenue. And we go on uh, Edgemont Road. We got a fork. And they both lead into Highland Avenue. And that's why I, I came up with it. And when you come to the fork in the road, take it. <laughs> <laughs> 90% of the game is half, half mental. Metal, that's right. It is. You can't think and hit, hit at, at the, the same, same time. time. I'm not in the, I'm not in the slump. I'm not hitting. <laughs> if I didn't wake up, I'd still be You're sleeping. sleeping. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes there. It's too crowded. Yeah, that's been attributed to about a hundred <laughs> restaurants around yeah. the country. But that started in St. Louis with Jerry's restaurant. I was a head waiter then, my first year playing ball. You know, we had to work then. You know, we were making the kind of money 
the guy making today. If people don't want to come to the ballpark, how are you going to stop that, them? That's right. How did that yeah, happen? The, just said it out of the blue sky. That's all. Just said it. Just... Yogi Berra is our guest. Such a wonderful talker, but never to be forgotten, one of the great baseball players of all time. Did anybody ever catch as many World Series as you did? No. World Series winners? No. I don't think no, anybody ever will either. Well, I was in uh, 14 of them out of 17 years. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> 1-800-423-8255 makes the Yogi Berra connection. The Boston Globe's Bob Ryan joins us by phone, our favorite columnist. Bob Ryan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Yogi, uh, yep. you don't know me. I'm a little after your time playing, but I'm a great admirer of yours. You're in perfect hands there with the, the ultimate renaissance man. <laughs> okay. Yogi, the, my favorite Yogi-ism, and I'm what? praying that this is a, a legitimate one, because as, as with most of the Yogi-isms, it's totally grounded in perfect common sense. Yeah. My favorite one is in reference to the shadows at Yankee Stadium oh, left yeah. field, it gets it, late no, early out there. It gets late early out there. It did. <laughs> and, and that, that, so you did say that. Yeah, That's oh it. yeah. And it was, now correct me, was that in reference to uh, something that happened to Norm Seaburn, perhaps? It could have been that. When the shadow comes over the, the stadium there, and you know, you get all, that time a lot of people were smoking. You get that smoke, mm-hmm. it was tough to see out there. It was. And, I mean, I think about that every time I go to a uh-huh. ballpark and see the shadows. Now, we have the in right field in Fenway. And I, know, yeah. I know you played outfield. Yep. Uh, you, in fact, were in left field when Bill Mazeroski hit the home, home run. run. That's right. In yeah, 19- let's, <laughs> let's relive it. In 1960, not yeah. the most present memory, I'm sure. But uh, in right field in Fenway is about the equivalent of old left field in Yankee Stadium. That's a, oh, yeah, it's it gets a long out early out yeah, there, too. too. Yeah. My question for you, mm-hmm. two questions. One is, to, with regard to when you look at the Yankee Stadium and it, it, and all the talk about the beam that fell and all that, it's really not a 75-year-old park. It's a 23-year-old park. Just they totally redid it. They redid it. I think they did it on purpose. Do you? <laughs> it's really not even the same park in your mind, I'll bet, is it? No, it isn't. It, it isn't the same like... Uh, it was when we played there. I like the old ballpark better. And the, the question is, you were noted for being a quote-unquote bad ball hitter, which for people who aren't big baseball fans, it means you didn't always hit a pitch that was in the strike zone. What percentage would you guess off the top of your head of your home runs or even maybe your big hits came on some of those bad balls? Well, I saw it good. That's the only reason I saw it good. I saw it good. I remember one game here with McDermott. It was raining here. He come in the... In relief, and then he threw a high fastball, and I hit a home run to beat him the game over here in Boston. I remember that one mm-hmm. very vague. But God, no uh, kidding. Uh, but I, I could uh, look at a ball. I might not swing at it the first time. Second time, I saw it good, I hit it. I always tell the kids when they're playing, if you could see the ball, swing at it. If you miss it, then you got to lay off. Like Mickey Mano had a blind spot when he came up. Uh, you know, pitching high and tight, mm-hmm. and he learned to lay off of it. I have to ask you one more uh, thing. One more thing is uh, the last pitch on Don Larson's it. perfect just game. Had uh, it. Did he give it a little <laughs> bit of a, a wide strike zone there, Bay Pinelli? No, it wasn't that bad. No, it was right <laughs> on the corner. Okay. <laughs> Bob Ryan, you're a, you're a gent. You're a great guy. You're, you have a great man there, Chris. And, and uh, I mean, people will never fully... Um, he's in the Hall of Fame, but they'll never fully appreciate what a wonderful all-around baseball player. Yogi Berra could run the bases. A smart baseball player. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Bob Ryan, you're the best. Thank right. you. Bye-bye.
What do you remember about Fenway Park? You know, they're, they're talking about moving out of there, rebuilding it, changing it, trashing well, it. Well, I really don't know. Uh, it's a nice ballpark. It's one of the old, uh, only one left. Uh, that and the, the Chicago Cubs are the only two old ones left, I think. And I like it because you could sit right there. The fans are on top of you. Even the Chicago Cubs ballpark, they're right on top of you. I don't know if they're going to change it or not, but... Uh, Oh, are they talking about a new ballpark up here? Chris? They're talking, and they're they're trying to seduce us with all this stuff about uh, Jacobs Field in Cleveland and mm-hmm. and Camden Yards in Baltimore. How do you well, feel about those new places? Well, the I think it's easier to hit home runs now. They're building the new ballparks; they're making them smaller. You know, they're making like the right center. You know, about three seventy. You know, you go over here and. Fenway, what is it, about 390 out there? Well, if you aim it right, you can hit the right field pole at about, if, what, if uh, you th- aim 320. Right. <laughs> you got to hit it right down the line. That's the same way the Yankees did. I know it was 296, but you had to hit it down the line. I used to tease Mickey. You know, Mickey used to hit them balls. You know, everybody looked at tape measure. And I always told me, I said, Mickey, that only counts for one home run. <laughs> I said, well, what is the difference if you hit it 296 or 500? It's only one one home run. <laughs> Bob Ryan was talking about Yankee Stadium. Old, old Yankee Stadium. New, old Yankee Stadium. Maybe doomed Yankee Stadium. Uh, you said the, 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 they conned that beam into falling because George Steinbrenner wants to get out of there. <laughs> uh, it's famous now that uh, since George Steinbrenner let you go, when was that, 1985? Yeah, 85. Uh, you haven't spoken to him and you haven't been back to the stadium, old-timers game or anything else. Oh, I've seen him in person. I say hello to him, but I won't go back to the stadium. Not yet, anyhow. Maybe one of these days I might fool somebody. What is what is it all about? Oh, I don't know. Just don't want to go back. So, what, was the, what were your last words with George Steinbrenner? Oh, my God, I don't remember. They were, I mean, they, maybe they weren't. The last time I saw him was at Mel Allen's funeral. No, but I was thinking of the meeting in which, for which he fired you months uh, later. He didn't tell me I was fired. Somebody else told me. Hmm. Didn't you have an awful brawl about players that he wanted to keep on the Yankees and you were ready to let go when you were managing and he was owning? Not that I know of. That was his team. He got me mad one day. You know, we had a meeting up there. He says, your team's not doing too good. I said, don't tell me this is my team. <laughs> Why wasn't it your team? Well, he had a lot to say with it. Heck, I've seen in spring training, the kid just pitched one game in spring training. If he got hit, send him out of here, get him out of here. Steinbrenner would do that? Yeah. What do you make of him? Oh, he charmed you. He's a very nice, charming man. Very nice. I've never had the opportunity to be charmed. I'm not <laughs> sure he could do it. What is the what is the tension between you and George Steinbrenner now? No, nothing. Just nothing. I just don't see. I don't go to the ballpark. I go, I go once in a while. Shea State, and I go in with uh, see Houston come in because they got a couple of players. I was over there with them, Bagwell and uh, and Bejo. 1-800-423-8255. James is calling from Boston. Hi, Yogi. Hi, James. Hello, James. Yeah. I was wondering if you could, uh, I mean, I don't want to take too much of your time here, but if you could come up with an all-Yogi Berra opponent team. Oh, that's tough to do right now. I would. You know, I got to put Williams and DiMaggio in it. I know that. 
but uh, it, it's tough to do. You got to sit down and William, take it Williams a bit. and uh, let's just take it <laughs> position by position. Williams in left, DiMaggio in yeah, center. It's tough. I can't do it. Well, to, see, DiMaggio is ineligible because he's not an opponent. He's on your team. Oh, guys, oh, you play. Oh, Dom DiMaggio, yeah, he meant. Dom, All right, Dom, Dominic DiMaggio. Dom's not bad. That Williams. Yeah. Okay, it's tough. I'm telling you. All right, then let me ask you something else. You are known for. Uh, Chatting behind home plate, you talk. Oh yeah, I did. What'd you say to him? Where you going this summer? Uh, I mean, after the season's over, have a lot of fun, throw dirt in their shoes, and uh, talk a little bit. And uh, and if a guy didn't want to talk to me, I used to say to him, "If you don't talk to me, I'll never talk to you again." Just have a little fun. That's all. (laughs) Anyone get annoyed that you talk to him? Yeah, Ted Williams. Uh, What (laughs) did he say? What did you say? What did he say? Well, Ted. Uh, I used to tell Ted, where are you going fishing this year? He'd tell me, shut up, you little dago. Whoa. Whoa. No, that was fun. That didn't bother me one bit. But we had fun talking. And uh, I always noticed that Ted Williams, when he was hitting, at, uh, at home, he stand his regular uh, hitter. He, he knows that, too. And in Yankee Stadium, he would crowd the plate a little more. Why and I always that? used to tell him, well, so he could pull the ball a little more in the Yankee Stadium. It was a short right field. Okay. And uh, we used to pitch away from him in the Yankee Stadium, let him go to left field. That's what we want. We want, we pitched different, away at home and inside at home because that's a long ways to hit a ball in Fenway Park. How did Ted do against Whitey Ford generally? Not too good. He did, he did all right, but uh, Whitey had good luck with him. Okay, well, thanks very much, Yogi. Right, thanks. James, Bye. thank you. one eight hundred four two three eight two five five makes the Yogi Berra connection. Jim is on a car phone. Hello, Jim. Hello. Good Hello. morning. Uh, first of all, I listen to your show all the time. It's great. But uh-huh. I turned this on uh, half an hour ago, and a smile has not left my face since. <laughs> uh, thank I you, Jim. I grew up in New York in, uh, in Yogi Berra, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris Baseball. I'm trapped up here in Boston for 20 years, and I uh, I think it's just just great to hear Yogi. <laughs> All right, this is who you root for? Well, my kids have to root for the Red Sox uh, because we live here. But uh, I'm genetically a Yankee, Yankee fan. fan. <laughs> but don't tell anyone. Jim, how do we account for the fact that both teams are doing so well in 1998? Yeah. It's extraordinary. Uh, it's April too. It's, it's still it's, early. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. I can't believe it. Did you have a question, Jim? No, I just wanted to say hi, and I and I appreciate uh, having Yogi on. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Bye, Jim. Thank you. Um, there's so there's so much uh, wonderful stuff in this book, and we have to to give it credit. Uh, as Yogi Berra said, if you can't imitate him, don't copy. Him. Don't copy him. <laughs> Who was that said about? Oh heck. I, don't I, know. I, I think I'll it was be, one of your teammates trying, trying to hit to like, like uh, Frank Robinson. Robinson, right? Not to mention it's deja vu all oh, over again. That's when Mickey Mano and uh, Roger Maris was fighting for the home run, you know, back-to-back home runs. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with the baseball legend Yogi Berra, catcher for the New York Yankees on 10 World Series championships, three-time MVP in the American League in the 1950s. As we said, the best bad ball hitter probably in all of baseball. If he saw them, he hit them. Yogi Bear is our guest. This is The Connection from WBUR Boston and PRI Public Radio International. We'll be back. Yankees! 
I'm Christopher Light, and this is The Connection. We're in Yankee Stadium. We wish we were with Yogi Berra. <laughs> the aphorist, as well as the catcher. 1-800-423-8255 makes the Yogi Berra connection. You've already said you thought Ted Williams was the best hitter right. you ever saw? Yep. Who's and the best the, ball player? Jody Maggio is the best I ever saw. You see these guys making sliding catches, Chris? Uh, you never saw DiMaggio slide after a ball. He called everything chest high. He just had a neck. And the base run, he was terrific. You think, you see him run, you say, oh, he's got, he got there. And he was just perfect. If you just juggle the ball out in the outfield, he was on second. He's the only man I ever see also run out to his position and run back. And uh, he was great. He was gorgeous. He was gorgeous. A good ball player. Who, who comes close among the current ball players? Oh, heck. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr.? Ken Griffey's a good ball player. You got Piazza over there. And that kid Rodriguez uh, with Texas, Piazza with the Dodgers. And uh, Rodriguez Gonzalez with Texas. Rodriguez is a shortstop over at uh, Texas. And you also got Bonds, pretty good yep. ball player. And... Uh, Jeez, if you could think of them real quick, it'd be good, but I can't think of them <laughs> okay. real quick. Uh, you're reluctant to name the all-time uh, opponent's team. I'm just wondering who, taking yourself out of it, who was the best catcher you ever watched? Well, defensive catcher, I thought Jim Hegan of Cleveland was the best defensive catcher I saw. He, he caught uh, real good. He wasn't that much of a hitter, but he was a mm-hmm. good defensive catcher. And all around? Then, all around. Right now you got Piazza's, uh, no, I mean Rodriguez is a good catcher. That kid Johnson on uh, the Marlins over there, he's a good catcher. And uh, Everybody thought Bill Dickey was uh, God's will uh, as a catcher. What did you well, learn from you him? Well, you had a lot of, Dickey's the one who taught me everything I learned. You know, uh, mm. when uh, Casey come over, he got Dickey come over as a coach and uh he got me, he worked my butt off uh, at spring training. He used to keep me after the team all went in. He used to keep me out, uh, out there to learn how to block balls, how to throw the ball to second base. And I owned a lot to him. He taught me everything. Uh, Elston Howard was a great catcher oh, after yeah, you. Elster. Roy Campanella was, was a great catcher, catcher when you were playing bad. in New York. Johnny Bench was a good catcher. Colin Fizz was a good catcher. Who I was trying to think, who was the... Giants catcher when well, you Westrum? and Campanello were playing for the Yankees and the Dodgers. Well, was it Wes Westrom, I think, catching then? I suppose. Yeah. You're right. You're right. right. Westrom. 1-800-423-8255 makes the Yogi Berra connection. Paul is calling from East Ham on Cape Cod. Hi, Yogi. Yeah. Hello, Paul. How you doing? All right. In the late 50s, I went with my dad to see an all-star game in Yankee Stadium. Uh, it was apparently one of the few All-Star games ever played in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. Dur- during the game, uh, somebody tried to steal second while Willie Mays was on third, and you pump fake down to second and pick Willie Mays yeah, off. Though. That was probably the greatest play I ever saw in my life. Well, and I wanted to know, if, you know, where where that was in your you in the know, playbook. Yeah, in the playbook. <laughs> well, we do that, you know, if it don't. Uh, you fake like you throw into second, then you go with the third base, let the other guy go to second. That's all. If he doesn't take the fake, you're out of luck. I always thought of that as the clash yeah, of the Titans, yeah. and you came out on top. All right. Thank you. <laughs> take it easy. Paul, thank right. you. 1 800 423 8255. Yogi Berra is our guest. Stephen's on a car phone. Good morning. Good morning, morning Stephen. Uh, quick question, a couple of quick questions for you. Um, one is I was wondering what your feelings are. In, and you may have touched on this, I just got on the last 15 minutes. 
sort of about the direction of baseball, and I'm talking specifically about the salaries mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, as a father of three children, I'd love to take my kids into Fenway, mm-hmm. but, it, it, I mean, it would be a full, I mean, I don't want to remortgage the house to go get tickets to see well, the Red Sox. Well. And the second thing is what, and I'll, and I'll take my answer off the air, what do you think about the Pete Rose situation as someone who has been a fan of baseball? I mean, he was always so colorful, and I've never been thrilled with the way that everything came down with him, and I know there are bigger issues about, about the betting, um, but he just was someone who energized the game so much, and I always remember the series with uh, Cincinnati and the Red Sox, mm-hmm. and, and just the, the energy he brought to the game, and it was sort of whoever won, you were seeing great baseball. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, thank you. All right. Well, the Pete Rose situation, I think... Uh I, I presume he means uh, the Hall of Fame question yeah, and the, uh, and the, the lifetime thing. suspension. I, I think if he apologized, I think he would. You know, he won't admit it. He did anything wrong. But that's the only problem there, I think. And uh, he, He's got all the credentials to get in the Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. But uh, I don't think he admits the gambling part of it, and he did it. And I just had dinner with Faye Vincent just the other night, and Faye knows all about it. He says he won't admit that he did it, but they got all the proof. First thing, admit you have a problem. Mm-hmm. It was Bart Giamatti who banned him mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Bart Giamatti, a great fan of yours, mm-hmm. uh, and he was dead in a matter of days after yeah, that. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right, and uh, there's a lot of them uh, think that Pete should be in it. Uh, I don't know, but the uh, first thing you go in that clubhouse, there's a sign on the door, no gambling allowed. Mm-hmm. So... Did you know any guys who bet on games or not? No. No, not on games, no. Yogi Berra is our guest, all-time great Yankees catcher, a man who is on his way to rewriting the the, the American language. (laughs) His book is called The Yogi Book. I really didn't say everything I said. Are there things that you said that people haven't caught on to yet? Well, maybe. I don't know. Garjala knows all of mine because we we were very close, Joe. Joe knows everything. Pretty good. Joe Garagiola was also the guy who uh, who gave you your name. How did that happen? No, Joe didn't give it to me. The one who gave it to me is Bobby Huffman. He used to play with. Uh, we played on a boat on the same American Legion in St. Louis, and Bobby played for the Giants in the World Series against Cleveland. And uh, this happens in American Legion. You know, we playing Sandlot ball. You know, you didn't have no benches or a dugout then, and we sat on the ground. And I always had my arms crossed and my legs crossed, and Bobby said, you look like a yogi, and that's why it stuck. Otherwise known as Lawrence Peter Berra. The Yogi Book, 1-800-423-8255. Dana is calling from Topsfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, Chris, I think you may have missed a live yogiism that just uh, went by there a minute ago. We get 15% of the royalties, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I, I thought I heard him say, you were. You asked him who was uh, some of the, who were some of the great players today, and he was rattling off a few. You were, you were both going back and forth, and then he suddenly stopped. And he, says, he was trying to think of who it was, and he says, if I could think of him real quick, he'd be good. <laughs> there you are. See, good. I don't even know I'd say it. good. <laughs> this is the man who said he was asked what time it was, and he said, you mean now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that brought up a, one of the questions I was going to ask. Yogi was was uh, you know do you do these just come out or do you think of like the deja vu thing did you think about that first I scripted well, that one you just gave you no just I don't I don't know I say them uh, that's the truth you know I've had a lot of people you know I go to dinners or something they say gee say a yogiism I said I don't know them I I don't know any of them if I could I think t- of them real quick he'd be uh, good. I do it I'd be good. <laughs>
I wish I knew it, sir. The other question I had was that uh, since the Sox have you know uh, gone Good so, start. waited so long and eighteen, and every time they get close, they blow it. I've always I came from California. I was a Yankee fan. I've lived here since sixty. Mm-hmm. And these guys, uh, first time I remember way back in '46 when they, I guess in '46 when they when they blew the series. I where is this Boston? I couldn't believe it. And uh, <laughs> the, the, the question I I have is that what is it? The, the Sox always seem to be a streaky team. I mean, they're streaking right now. They're winning on them. They'll suddenly go on a long losing streak. Do, do you notice that about teams? And it was the Yankees always seem to be a fighting team. They, no matter what happened, they'd come back when they, the big game. What, what, is there a difference in teams that way? Well, there's, you know, you got 30 teams now in the league, boy. It's tough to get talent now. It is, uh, you know, and you got to fill up your roster. Some of them shouldn't even be up there playing, but they got to fill up the roster. And, uh, it's tough. Well, you got this Martinez. You know you're going to get some wins out of him over here. I know that. Then you got this Wakefield, the knuckleballer. I think you traded a good one at Sealy or wherever you got. He's over with Texas last year. Aaron Sealy, indeed. He's 4 0 right now, or 5 0, I think. Right. And uh, pitching means a lot, and pitching is very thin right now. <laughs> My God, they're carrying 12 pitches. Uh, when we play, we only carry 9 or 10. And uh, you always want the extra hitter on that bench. But but Dana also asked you how the Yankees what, what it was Managed the Yankees that, that fought back. Well, George they, pays that money. <laughs> <laughs> you had to fight for it. Yeah, but it, but they pay that money. The Red Sox though were famous for you know twenty five players, twenty five cabs. Uh, <laughs> well, they got a pretty good club. You know, you got that Mo Vaughn, that kid that's short. I can't say his last name. he's not bad. And. Uh, uh, Valentine, you got he's John a, You got two of them come from Seton Hall, right out well, my neighborhood in New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Let's hear it for Jersey. One eight hundred four two three eight two five five D is on a car phone. Hi there. Hello, Hi, Dee. I am so pleased. This is a forty-plus year dream come true. You're my Yankee hero from the time I was a child. <laughs> oh boy! I saw you with my dad in the stadium in the late fifties. It was a great game, yeah. doubleheader. My question for you, sir, is if you could relive one day, the best, your best day as a Yankee, which day would that be? Great question. Uh, I guess it's got to be the no-hitter Don Larson pitch in the World Series in '56. It has to be. It has to be. Start with the first pitch. We'll do the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, D. How many of those pitches do you remember? All of them, almost. <laughs> they only threw 97 that day. He only went by, uh, behind one hitter, and that was in the first inning, Pee Reese. He had three balls on him in the first. Never was behind then. Anything I put down that day, he got it over. He had good stuff. 97 pitches. How many did you call? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did he shake you off once? No, never did. Nope. It should be your no-hitter. No, it's his. He, he's got to spot it. <laughs> he's got to throw it. Uh, were there bad moments? What do you mean bad well, moments? Well, I mean, uh, among 97 pitches, did you think, oh, my God, this is... Well, isn't, one, this Mickey isn't... Make a, made a heck of a catch out in center field on one ball. I know, and then another one glanced off, uh, forget the shortstop, McDougal, uh, glanced off and went to the third base and threw him out. That was the only two I know of. There was one of those uh, uh, no hitters, and it wasn't Don Larson's. Where you where you dropped the pop up? That's when Reynolds against on Ted Reynolds. Williams, I believe. Ted Williams. What happened? I just misjudged it. <laughs> so, and the funny part about that, you know, I fell down, and Reynolds told me, "You all right?" I said, "No, you stepped on my damn hand." I said, <laughs> <laughs> "But I was very fortunate. I guess God was with me, and I called exact the same pitch." 
And Reynolds threw the same pitch, the same place where William fouled the first one, and hit it the same place. And I caught it. <laughs> so, Second chance, 1-800-423-8255. Makes the Yogi Berra connection. Hunter is calling from Exeter, New Hampshire. Yogi, yeah. it's great to hear you. I, I grew up on the North Shore of Long Island as a putative catcher as a kid, uh, and you were my model, even though Campy lived just down the road from me in Glen Cove. Uh, I was thinking about uh, what newspaper reports about you, and I remember one when you'd been bonked in the head of a game one point, and you were taken out and taken to the hospital for observation. The newspaper reports the next day said either x-rays of Bear's head showed nothing no, or nothing, negative. No, not to know. That's a great story. <laughs> I wanted to ask you two quick questions. Right. One is uh, Cal Ripken. I'm an Orioles fan now. I've mm-hmm. lost interest in the Yankees since you, le- you left. And I've been an Orioles fan almost uh, 35, 40 years, uh, really sort of dividing my loyalties between you and the Orioles. Uh, Ripken's feat of playing so many consecutive games yeah. in this day and age with so much traveling, night games, mm-hmm. day games, stuff like that, really seems incredible. How would you measure it against the types of endurance you guys had to put up with back in the time when you were playing? Well, I don't know. Uh, we played more day games. I don't know if we could have done it that way. You know, I always tease my son Dale about Ripkins. You know, Ripkins is a good kid, a good ball player. Don't get me wrong. I said, don't forget, he got a lot of rest. He got, you know, in three, uh, they had to strike three times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just kidding. And I can, I said, we drove trains, not even riding on planes, you know. Yeah. And, but he deserves all he could get, all he got to do that. Doggone it, I give him credit. Yeah, he's terrific. Uh, he's a terrific role model also. And I think another person, somebody you know very well and have mentioned briefly, Joe Garagiola from The Hill. Yeah. Um, now, the stuff that he's doing leading the, spit, yeah. the campaign against spit tobacco yeah. is very helpful and uh, shows that, you know, people aren't aren't just ball players but can make a substantial contribution to yeah. society. Well, I know every time I see him, he's, uh, you know, I, I chew a lot of gum. He said, what do you got in your mouth? You know, he tells he makes me take it out, you know, to make sure I'm not chewing any of that uh, skull or anything. And uh, Did you chew tobacco in your time? No, never chewed. I never chewed gum even when I played. I thought it bothered me. Thanks that, very that, much. That was such a, uh, thank you, Hunter. That was such a part of the baseball yeah, image in those days. Guys, Johnny Sane would have a big, big, big chaw full of, right. uh, I mean, his cheek Nelly be, Fox. Uh, what know, was that all about? Was it a southern thing? Chewed, uh, Luke Appling chewed. Uh, you know, I talked to Lou one time. I said, how old were you when you started chewing? He said seven years old, and he died at 86, so I don't know <laughs> if it's wrong or not. 79 years of chewing. That's interesting. <laughs> 1-800-423-8255. Walter is calling from Newington, Connecticut. Yogi. Yeah. This is an old friend of yours you forgot. Who? I played with you when you were in the sub-base. Oh, who is this? Walt Schwenke from Newington, oh, Connecticut. Swanky. The Cody How are you? team. How you doing? Not bad. How yeah. about you? All right. How was he in 1945, was Walter? Oh, he was great. He was up from Kansas City. <laughs> I remember you were going with Carmen at the time. Yep. And your best buddy was Bruce Williams. Yep. And Freddie Hensley played shortstop. Yep. We had and I, Jim I was, Gleason. Huh? Jim Gleason we had there, too. Yeah, and Joe Glenn was the manager. Yep. Walter, what is it about baseball players that they have, it goes, seems to go with great memory? <laughs> and you played third base, Yogi. Only they called you Larry then. Yep, Larry. I That's wanted to it. get a hold of you, and I wanted to send you a couple of pictures I have goes goes back to that team. Oh, Bill Humphrey signed you that base. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you got shipped out after there was a squawk nationally, remember? Yep, okay. 
They send you out from the sub base. Mm -hmm. This Are is you your life, Yogi Berra. <laughs> what else, Walter? Are you still in Montclair? Yeah, still there. Could I meet you there? When yeah. you get to the fork, uh, Walter, take it. Take it. 1-800-423-8255. Rachel is calling from Northampton, Massachusetts. Oh, hello. hello. Oh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, I cannot wait to call my father and tell him I'm talking to Yogi Berra right. today. Yeah. He, he, is, he adores the, the Yankees. He always has. He's 82 years old. Oh, boy. He saw he saw Babe Ruth's last game and um, and uh, he and, and the other one oh God the pride of the Yankees oh Lou Gehrig yes Lou Gehrig's yeah. last game uh, huh? had a memory block yeah. but you know I had a great memory growing up with uh, you know I used to get pneumonia every every fall mm. and I'd end up watching the World Series in the afternoon when it was a day game right. and so my memory my best memories with my dad are are actually watching the World Series. And uh, and it was just a thrill. And now I don't have cable television, and I and I have to go to bars to watch the World Series. <laughs> but um, my my question is, uh, I was listening to a game on uh, UMass, and and the boys that were announcing the game uh, were former players, you know, yeah. in high school. And uh, this one player said was talking about the catcher, and he said, well, he, he mentioned something about his knees, and he said, he said, well, my knees are shot, you know, after high school. I, I won't be catching anymore, you know, for any yeah. more baseball games. And I thought, how are your knees? I mean, how come you're not a cripple yet? <laughs> well, my knees, well, I was a short man. I didn't have to bend down that far. <laughs> I've been wondering, how did, you're, you're not a short man, but you're a yes, compact, smallish guy. No. How did you hit 368 home runs? 58. 358, I'm sorry, I gave you 10. Ooh. I got robbed out of two of them, though. No, but I mean, uh, was there a trick to it? Was it your arms? Was it wrists? Was it... No, wrists. I had good wrists, pretty good. No. This happened, that's all. It just happened, that's all. Does that go in the book? <laughs> See? Yogi Bear, it's a tremendous pleasure. Tremendous pleasure. I mean, you hear it in all the callers. It's a great thrill for me. Uh, thank you. Yogi Bear's book... It's called The Yogi Book. I really didn't say everything I said. Chris, could I say, if anybody wants to get an autographed book, call 1-800-454-YOGI? Sure, or go to Walden Books in Boston this afternoon at 1.30. Thank you, Yogi Berra. I'm Christopher Leiden. This is The Connection from WBUR Boston. Open Source is a proud member of Hub & Spoke, a Boston-based collective of independent, creator-owned podcasts. Our shows cover everything from politics to art to history to technology, and we're united around the principle that independent voices are more important now than ever. You can learn more at hubspokeaudio.org.